This is BMI Redefined with Jin and Mo. Welcome back, everybody, to BMI Redefined with Jen and Mo. Yay! Yay! So, today, Jen, we are going to be talking about mental health, a new understanding. I need a new understanding. Yeah, I know. Me too, right? <laughs> you know what really got me excited about this whole magazine thing, though? What? When you said, hey, I got picked up the new edition of mental, you know, mental health. Of course, immediately, who came into my mind was... Prince William and Prince Harry, oh, because they talk about the stigma of mental health mm-hmm. in Great Britain. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there is definitely a stigma here in the U.S. Right. Yeah, and even though we're the New World and whatever, you know, it's mm-hmm. uh, in their old world, right? Right. But we all deal with it, mm-hmm. and. There really is, a, you know, a stigma that really discourages people from getting treatment in the U.S. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you think of someone who's, you know, it's like a dirty word, you know, mental illness. Well, it, and Jeffrey Kluger in this particular time issue talks about understanding our own minds. Mm-hmm. And really, it's kind of like that that song that we were talking about earlier about there being a fine line. There's a fine, uh, fine line. Yeah. Between reality and pretend. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's that's really what Jeffrey's kind of talking about here. He said there's, you know, really a, a fine line between, you know, your, your imagination and hallucination. You know, mm-hmm. like, are you really... He says life is, as we live it is really just an inch from... <laughs> madness and we might not know it um if we have a a broken leg we know it if we have the measles we know it right but if there's something going on in our mind you know the drift from the rational mind into the irrational the lucid into the delusional is not always easy to see as it's happening according to jeffrey here and that Mm -hmm. is the absolute gospel it really is the absolute gospel. that is so true (laughs) it's so true i mean you know you think about you know if you're sitting in a car right and you're like, if I make a decision and choose to do this, like if you're crossing a bridge, I could right now, not me, I'm saying, but I'm just saying, you know, if you're in the car, yeah, I could right now take this car and just go right into the water. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's a and it's split, a split second decision. It's a split decision second decision. Yeah. Between madness and... Not madness, right. you know what I mean? Yeah, sanity and insanity. Yeah, right, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he goes on to say, you know, when does joy become mania or sadness become depression or apprehension become anxiety, so much we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Fear mm-hmm. about spiders become phobia about spiders. <laughs> well, Imagine that. Spiders, but anyway, I know, yeah. Bring myself into this. Right. Um, it says we, evaluate, we value imagination, mm-hmm. but not, you know, not hallucinating. Yeah. And so you think about like the Disney movies and the pink elephants and all that stuff. Right. Going Fantasia, on. right? Yeah. Fantasia. They yeah. said that's a big and, psychedelic and the trip. Dumbo, the movie, it had the psychedelic drugs in it. No. I never that? heard of that. Dumbo? Yeah. Oh, I have to go back and see that. <laughs> so, I mean, there's just so many instances of this kind of thought. Right. You know, within media and all that, but mm-hmm. but it's but Mo, it's not just media. This is real life. No, this is real life. 
It is real life. And time has taken it upon themselves to share mm-hmm. research um, in the area of the mind and right. mental health and this new understanding. And we're trying to, to add to that discussion. Exactly. Right. Yep. And I mean, this is just right in here, the Journal of American you know, Medical Association that says that, um, you know, and I mean, drugs and alcohol, of course, are a big part of this discussion today mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it does bring you into another state. Right. You know, and um, it says that nearly 21 million uh, Americans with drug or alcohol disorders, only one in 10 seeks help. Wow. And, you know, and and, and the thing is, is, you know, the goal of this whole thing should be to educate people, Mm -hmm. right, on mental illness and, um, you know, to educate uh, that they are brain disorders. Mm Mm-hmm. And they are real biological diseases. Oh yeah, there's there's physiological evidence or biological evidence that people do have mental health challenges, mm-hmm. if, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. and there's a whole chapter on here on kind of finding the right words, you know, mm-hmm. the right descriptors and all that, and adjectives and what have you. And you know, there's truly a physiological um, aspect of this because we even mm-hmm. talked about. The genetic right. basis. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we want to go ahead and move into that? Yeah, let's talk about so, that. So, yeah, so there's some genetic um, research that's going on mm-hmm. about how to treat mental illnesses mm-hmm. and try to improve mental health and, and understand the mind to a mm-hmm. greater degree. Mm-hmm. It has to do with gene sight, mm-hmm. and it's actually a genetic testing mechanism mm-hmm. where you find out what the actual receptors are like the the genetic receptors, RNA receptors, Mm -hmm. within your cells and how they receive uh, something, for example, serotonin. Mm-hmm. Okay, so which we've talked about, which we've talked about, yeah. And serotonin can help. It's fight your feel good depression. It's your right. feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your feel good. And so, what if you go to a therapist or a psychiatrist who says, "Well, we're going to treat depressive symptoms with a serotonin-based drug therapy." Mm-hmm. And you like have Prozac no recept- or, or yeah, something like something that, like that. Uh-huh. and you have no receptors, it's not going to do anything. Mm. And, and so that's where I've heard stories of this, uh, real-life stories, where then you move on, you get the, the gene side or you get some type of genetic testing where they identify what your genetic markers are and what your receptors are and what enzymes are actually physiologically in your system that can help break down the chemicals and antidepressants and find mm-hmm. the right mix of medications to help you alleviate or at least mitigate, hopefully alleviate, depression in your life. Mm. It is fantastic research. As you yeah. can tell, I'm excited about yeah. this because I know people that, that deal with depression and all that, and and the fact that there is some physiological research um, inroads going mm-hmm. on, it's just, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just glad to hear it. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So do you know, like, what the name of that genetic test is or where we could find more about it? Because... In case anyone's interested in that, I might be interested in that. That's kind of cool, actually. Go ahead. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. fascinating, as I've said. Mm-hmm. Um, it is called Gene Sight, mm-hmm. 
by Myriad Genetics, and it looks at 12 genes involved in how people process 56 different antidepressant drugs. Wow. So, yeah, there's a lot of research. There's even some more larger scale studies that are about to occur kind of as we speak. And so Mm -hmm. they're making a lot of progress. That's really cool. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting when we have our psychologist expert come in to Mm -hmm. um, talk more along this line as well. Okay, cool. So you remember that fine, fine line we were talking about? Yes. Okay. So when you talk about loneliness and obesity, I know it's kind of a weird thing to (laughs) compare, but they're not that different because... They both have an impact or can have an impact on a person's early death. Isn't that nice to think about? Yeah, great, huh? Yeah, yeah I know. That's the fact. I know, right. Well, so there are a couple things I want to talk about loneliness. Um, is that, so my friends, do you ever see the Golden Girls? Yes. Okay. Yes, I sure <laughs> did when I was growing up. <laughs> Anyway, so the Golden Girls. I wasn't really a big fan of the Golden Girls, but as I got older, I was like, oh my gosh, that might be my life. Because as I got older, I wasn't married yet, but I had my two best friends, like best friends ever. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be one of the Golden Girls. That's what we're going to do. We're going to have a home in Florida. Mm -hmm. The three of us are going to be swimming in our pools with our little, uh, you know, with our tikinis. Is that what they're called? (laughs) Tankinis or tankinis, the tanks, the little things, and we're gonna have our have have our little donuts that we're gonna sit in, you know, and sit around and talk, right? Right. Anyway, um, but I did get cabana boy. Huh? Was there a cabana boy? Oh, there's always a cabana boy, (laughs) right? (laughs) Serving us drinks and uh, and uh, um, with little umbrellas, with little umbrellas, and serving us, uh, you know, fruit, feeding us grapes, right? Um, Feeding you. Huh? And fanning you. And fanning me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. See, I mean, these imagination and hallucination, right? I Again, you. there's a fine See, line. There's a fine line. <laughs> We've exhibited that right here, right now. Right here, right now, right? Yep. Um, but anyway, you know, we always, but we do have a pact, the three of us, that, you know, if we are alone, then we will you know, get a place and, and be together because we, because loneliness, we know that we need, we're social beings. We need people mm-hmm. and we need, or pets, right? Mm-hmm. You oh know? yeah. Yeah. So in the time issue that we're looking at here, they talk about once again, as in every issue that pets are good for your health. They are. The interacting with animals can improve your mental well-being, and mm-hmm. we know that. We talk about our puppy dogs on, on this show uh, pretty frequently. Pretty every frequently, now and then. yep. But, you know, it talks about rabbits and even crickets. And horses. And horses. And I know you in particular have a horse story, something about well, a student emotional of mine, support animal. Yeah, yeah, a student of mine had an emotional support horse. And they wanted to bring this horse into their lesson. And you let them? No. Why not? I don't know. Because I can't have an emotional support horse in my lesson. It was a mini horse, you know. Well, but those are friends. I mean, as an equestrian family here, not that I'm not personally an equestrian, but my daughter is, 
And it's their best friends, their team. My the dog teammates. is my one of my best friends, and I don't bring her with me everywhere. Well, anyway, I'm just saying. I told my student I was very empathetic. I can be empathetic, you know, once in a while. Yeah. And I did say, you know, it's only for 45 minutes. And do you think I could be your emotional support for 45 minutes every week? Okay. So you ordered, you, you offered a substitute. Right. Okay. I guess. Okay. Anyway, moving on. It worked Fish can also be. (laughs) Fish. Oh my God. Support. Well, yes. you know, fish though. You They're know. calming. They have those in doctors' offices, aquariums and stuff. Yeah, they are can calming. Be very calming. Yeah, they are calming. Yeah. You just stare at them and they dogs, of course. They mention guinea pigs for socializing. Yeah, no. Yeah, I don't know. Nope. Interesting? There's nothing there's nothing redeemable of a guinea pig or a mouse or anything going on that wheel. Oh, I forgot it drives about me your nuts and it causes me anxiety. Rodent based phobia. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so, so anyway, pets pets they, can be very like I have I have in my house um three dachshunds, right? And mm-hmm. you have your two puppies. Yeah. They're dogs, but they're yeah. puppies. You're always puppies. <laughs> and when we're feeling sad or low or whatever, um we also have uh my mother-in-law who lives with us. And when I see that she's a little low, I say, "Hey, let's go for a walk." You take, and she takes the older dog, and I'll mm-hmm. take the two puppies. Mm-hmm. And we don't, you know, we don't race down the road or anything. We just get outside, bring air into our lungs, mm-hmm. and the dogs really are very special to yeah. her. Mm-hmm. And she loves them so much. They love know? running through the leaves. Yes, <laughs> running through the leaves. I think she loves them more than she loves me, but that's okay. I can I can deal with it. I can deal with it. But they're her buddies. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And she does and, and there's a sense of pride in taking care of them. Mm-hmm. And you know, if they haven't eaten, she's like, uh, Maureen, um, I don't think they've eaten yet. Do you think <laughs> we should feed them? And it's like an hour later, oh yeah, that'd be a great idea, <laughs> you know. But there's a well, sense of companionship. Yeah. And responsibility. And- but the best part is is we bought little stairs for Rose and Daisy, uh-huh. and I, I, we bought we bought a set and put them in her room to go up to her bed. So every morning oh. when I come down the stairs, Daisy goes into pokes her nose into Grandma's door, goes right in, goes right up the steps and snuggles with Grandma <laughs> to get her belly rub at like six in the morning. Oh wow! And then I open the front door. She runs outside, goes potty, comes back in, and then you know that's done. But she always has to say good morning to Grandma. Oh. Yeah, or I'll say, or we'll be upstairs. You want to go see Grandma? And they like, <laughs> and they get up and they run down the stairs and they go right up to Grandma and they jump on her and they just, they love her. That is so neat. That might have been a, too long of a story, but. No, no, no. But, but animals, oh, animals for, for older people mm-hmm. really are important. Yeah. They, I, I well, believe and so. I, I think for younger too. I well, mean, yeah. They, yeah. They bring about. You joy, know, smiles, and right. joy, and laughter, yeah. and I did want to say one thing because it goes with the Golden Girls thing. Okay, that intentional communities are popping up all over the United States, Ooh, and yeah. they ha- it's like a community. Um, there's there's one a specific one that Time Magazine talks about in Wisconsin, oh. in Osceola, Wisconsin. It's called the Community Homestead, and they have like a housing arrangement for people to come in. 
um, and to live together and to become a community and they have each other. And I think that's really cool because you know what? There's so, there are so many people out there who are not married, who are, um, you know, have many friends, but you know, well, I have a question. Uh Uh-oh, what? (laughs) So is there a difference between loneliness and being alone? Oh, absolutely. Like, I know people who are alone, and they love every minute of it because it's in their personality. Ah, okay. And they're not lonely. They're like, they have things to do. Like, oh, okay, I have my schedule. I'm going to get up. I'm going to watch this show, this show, and then I'm going to go for a walk, and then I'm going to come back. I'm going to feed my dog. I'm going to do this. I'm going to work on my book. I'm going to, you know, whatever they're doing, right? Yeah. I'm going to get ready for the next day if you're a teacher or whatever. But wow. And then there are people who are just really lonely who could be in a crowd of people and still feel very lonely. Wow. Like sometimes I feel like that in Missouri a little bit. Really? Mm-hmm. Because all of my friends are uh, Michigan and yeah. Ohio and Illinois. And... Well, in Missouri, except for, well, except for you, yeah. I know. <laughs> but I'm more of a transplant. Yeah, well, and, I too. I mean, I've lived here, what, eight or nine years. Yeah, but do you have a lot of close friends here besides me? Yeah, a few. A few, yeah, <laughs> but, a few. No, but I... But I, it's not like... distance phone calls to friends, they're calling me, I'm calling them. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, I call, you know, Chicago every week, I call Cleveland every week. Virginia, um, Whether they answer or not, I still call. <laughs> they're like, oh my God, here she is again. <laughs> well, you can tell by but, the way they say hello. Right. Yeah. Right. So you call, and it's like, Yeah, when I hear, oh. when I hear, hey, Mo, you know, and then when I hear... Hello. <laughs> There's a distinct you know difference. Right. Either your number with the area code or your name. Right. Up exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I know when I call people in different yeah. states and yeah. that kind of thing. I still have friends. Yeah, yeah. I still have friends around. But I think that that intentional uh, community is a really cool idea. I like that idea. I really like that. It's That's like neat. the it's like the new age uh, Golden Girls. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So, so you want to go ahead and talk about the next thing? Oh, wait a minute. It's Tell a me what really page good it's on. Chapter. What page is it on? 60. Page 60. Oh, Lord. Okay, go ahead. So both strength training and aerobic exercise can help battle depression. True. Yes. And so workouts can strengthen both the body and the mind, and even a little bit can help a lot. So I agree with that. just talking about, you know, going for a stroll, going for a bike ride, mm-hmm. you know, just a little bit of activity can really help stave off depressive thoughts. Yeah. 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 And then you move into doing more cardio work and that kind of thing, and you're getting the physiological impact as well. You mm-hmm. know, a few times a week. But even just if you're looking to kind of reduce thoughts of depression or anxious moments, all that, like we've talked about before, mm-hmm. is just going for a short walk right. or a little bike ride or just, just, you know, getting some activity, getting some movement into your life, into your daily routine can right. make a difference. 
Well, and so, right. So when I, when I go for a walk with the girls, with Rosie and Daisy, and mm-hmm. I come back like an hour and 15 minutes later, mm-hmm. I haven't like done a huge walk or anything. I probably have only gone like three miles, but that's okay. You that's know, good. cause they stop and sniff and things like that. Yeah. And so, um, but I come back and I'm so exhausted. I don't have time to think about myself and my problems. <laughs> I just want to sleep. Right. And then they want I'm water like, and they want all this. Right. And yeah. And so. then I just drop with them. Yeah. yeah. It but just takes thing, your mind off of it. It does take your mind mm-hmm. off of it. It really does. Yeah. You know? And the other day, you'll be proud of me, I went down into my basement and I actually did like a My Fitness Pal um, workout like for 20 minutes. Nice. And I did, uh, oh, I did those things where the dog, the hairy yeah, the dog. Yeah, dog. Yeah. No, what? Bird dog. Bird dog. Yeah. yeah bird dog and then I did a couple of those and then I did a couple of inverted V's yes and I did uh, a cat stretch thing yeah cat and cow cat and cow yep and but just that little stretching mm-hmm. for 20 minutes made a difference didn't it made a huge difference yeah and it took away all of that stress mm-hmm. you know Thanksgiving's coming up so that's gonna it's 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 a stressful time because I'm doing the turkey and I have to remember to turn on the oven. And I'm really stressed out about that because that happened one time. I didn't turn the oven on. We ate got at like 10 now. at night. Yeah, I've got, got this. this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got this. So, yeah. so yeah, that makes a difference. And then, you know, in, in combining the, the physical side of activity and like you said, the mindset and all that together with some yoga, meditation, and all that mm-hmm. can just reap benefits. I really liked what they said that work out often enough and you react with less alarm when your body behaves the same way mm-hmm. in other situations. Yeah. And yeah. that is true. I don't know, I don't know the science behind it because that's your area, <laughs> but I do know that I handle situations differently mm-hmm. when I exercise. And when I'm not exercising, I handle the same situation in a totally different way. Like it's more irrational. But if I'm exercising and if mm-hmm. I'm being active, I handle it more in a rational way if something does happen. Does that make sense? Yeah. Or am I just... No, no. Okay, I mean, yeah. but well, your body, so, you're exercising, mm-hmm. you're producing um, certain proteins and the mood... Mm-hmm. boosting endorphins and all that, you get to that point where you're just loving to exercise and you're having that physiological response. Right. Yes. Right. So, okay, so, so here's... Oh, hold, on, hold on, hold on. So, okay, so here's my logical thinking. You ready for this? No. It says in here, one hour of exercise a week may help prevent depression. So right. you know how, you know what my mind does? Okay. 60 minutes divided by seven days. <laughs> so if I only do, you know, that, but that's how I think of it. Hmm. Uh-huh, yeah, that's a problem. Rather than, well, okay. So I'm just saying. allocating it by day. Oh, I love allocating. <laughs> I love, that's my favorite thing to do. But the other day when I came over, we worked out for like an hour 15. Yeah, because you were talking to me. And And you were changing up, up all of my circuits. We were doing circuits. And, and you were adding weights. And yeah. does that hurt? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, when you were making something look too easy, we had to increase the I resistance. Know, I know. Okay. But yeah, but no, exercise is, is, is important. Yeah, but then your your body just learns how to adapt, you know, when you're facing other type of situations as well. Yeah, and you know, and I'm all perky and everything about it. I still don't like it. I just don't like exercise. 
I find that if I'm moving, it needs to be for a purpose. I don't find working out in a gym helpful. I find it a big waste of my time. It is not a big waste of your time. And I can't believe you just said that. (laughs) It is for heart and mind and body health. (sighs) We know that. See, my mind, though, says, why go to a gym and spend two hours in a gym? I could be doing something else. But you're... And still getting a workout. Body, mind, heart, health. Okay? I thought it was BMI, body, mind, image. (laughs) Yes, we are all about that too. No, and I understand what you're saying. But, you know, and not but. I understand what you're saying. Because but negates anything you say. (laughs) However, you are more of a gym rat Mm -hmm. than I am. Like, I, I would rather go for a whole day and go on a hike, pack a picnic, go out. I love, I really do like being outside in nature. That has a place, Mo. That is a workout. Right. That is a workout. Right. And it has, but it's not realistic has, for me to do that every but single has, day. But it has the mindfulness impact as well too which is right. you know another chapter in this particular issue yeah also right. talking That's true. about mindset and mindfulness and how we improve our mm-hmm. attitude so in this time research journal mandy oaklander talks about drug-free treatments that are actually backed by science and what she says, many people with depression find relief without prescription drugs. These methods have all been scientifically proven to help ease symptoms of depression. So here's what the research has found. Oh, look, exercise is number right there. I first know, one. exercise is the first mm-hmm. one listed. Imagine that okay. after what, after conversation we were just having. It's mm-hmm. so, so fitting. Um, so one of the most studied natural approaches to treating depression is regular physical activity. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that actually increases certain neurotransmitters. Mm-hmm. So embracing exercise habit isn't always easy, mm-hmm. as we talked about, mm-hmm. um, but it will help alleviate some symptoms of depression. Right. 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 And Yeah, and, and then another one that they bring up is cognitive behavioral therapy, which we've talked a lot about, mm-hmm. the CBT. And it's a different type of talk therapy because we've also been learning that there's another therapy called narrative therapy. So we're going to have right. to talk about that. Uh, that'll be with our our guest yes. coming up. She'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. But we talked with Kelly, who is a CBT uh, specialist and a uh, while back, and that focuses on changing negative thought patterns and then learning how to home in on specific problems and find new ways to approach them. And uh, you know, sometimes it can take up to 10 to 20 sessions depending on what your trauma is or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And this, this can be just as effective as medication. Mm-hmm. It really can be. So next, uh, Mandy talks about behavioral activation therapy. And mm-hmm. she, 
she mentions that people, and this is true, um, how people with depression can tend to kind of withdraw from the world. And this therapy actually seeks to bring them back in. Mm-hmm. So the treatment involves helping people identify activities that add meaning to their life, something like volunteering or hanging out with friends or reading, something like that, and encourages them to do these things without waiting for their mood to lift first. Mm-hmm. So it's like a mood activation kind of activity. I like that. Yeah. Um, so a recent study showed this kind of therapy has shown to be as effective as CBT, and it's really cost-effective. Yeah, it's cheaper. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. because you can just go do those activities that right. that bring you joy. That's you know, awesome. Hanging out with you, Mo, that brings me joy. Oh, Lord. It does. Oh, me too. Okay, so the next one is mindfulness training. Ooh. And this is really, I think, can be very powerful. Mm-hmm. Because your thoughts are can be damaging or they can be healing. Right? Right. And it's how you look at things. Perspective or perception? Yeah. Like we've been talking about. Right, exactly, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. And if and if you are, you know, if you don't have the right tools to get you out of that negative spiral, if you don't have those positive tools, mm-hmm. those positive words, the positive language, then you really do find yourself in a helpless situation. Mm-hmm. And I think that's sometimes how therapy can help you. Therapy can help you get through that. They can help you start talking to yourself in with a positive language. Why, why were you giving me that look? Well, I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's cool, you know, in this, in this mindfulness-based therapy, how you're actually talking to yourself. I like that. I know, because I, I was thinking, when I was saying this, oh, you're talking to yourself. So is that like a mental illness? Well, it depends on what you're saying to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? No. And how you're reacting or responding, rather, right. to what you're right. saying. Right, I know. Oh, my yes. God. Okay, so mindfulness training mm-hmm. is important because I like that. your thoughts and images are really... You know, they can be the source of sadness and fear. Mm-hmm. And I know people who get themselves into such a tizzy of this, well, not tizzy, let's really speak the terms, an anxious state. Right. Because they are thinking to themselves in their mind of what could happen or what is, you know, right. or fearful of mm-hmm. what could happen. The what if. The what if. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, I'm going through some of that right now. There you go. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. But it really does help if you have the right tools to get through a situation, to talk yourself, to help yourself, to avoid, you know, relapses. And, you know, sometimes these tools can be even better than antidepressants. Right. You know? Right. And there or was, they can help hand in hand right. with them. Well, there was a... And there was an article mentioned in this particular um, section about some research done that showed about showed that relapses mm-hmm. are less frequent with some of this mindfulness training than even with antidepressants. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, of evidence here right. for mindfulness training. Right. Right. 
and and I don't think we're here to discourage anything, you know, de- antidepressants no, no, or no. or you know, oh, don't do anything, just do mindfulness. No, you know? no. But there's just sometimes it might be freeing to know that there are right. different things that we can do. Well, absolutely, Mo. And, you know? and like I said, we are we are not experts on nope, this. We have an expert scheduled to come in and, and speak about this. Yep, but we're just we are the sharing, messengers. Yeah, we're sharing. the messengers and we're sharing mm-hmm. the research that's been done um, mm-hmm. on these different types of treatments. And, you know, all these treatments have a place. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So there is a section in here that's really cool. It says, float hopes, moods lift. And again, Mandy Oaklander says, the strange new science of floating is showing promise as a way to help people with PTSD and other anxiety disorders. Now, I want to ask you a question, Ginny, before we even get into this. Have you ever floated on your back in a pool with your hair hanging down, because you've got hair that goes for miles, and it's so heavy that it's pulling down your head a little bit. <laughs> okay, anyway, I digress. And you're lying in the pool, and you close your eyes, and you just float. Yes. Yeah, I've done that. And you know what? So have I. I did that this summer, mm-hmm. and I did it at night Ooh. with the lights on Yeah. in a pool, and I just floated, and I looked up at the star, and then I opened my eyes, and I looked up at the stars. I said hi to my mom, Aww. and then I closed my eyes again, and I listened to the to the sounds of the pool and nature and nature, you. yeah. And my ears were filling up with water. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to say, the feel of that, mm-hmm. even in November, going into December, is still with me. Wow. The feel of that peacefulness, mm-hmm. and I can't wait until summer to do it one, you know, do it again. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. But it was really, really peaceful. Mm-hmm. And I can, under, and when I sat up, I felt refreshed. Mm-hmm. You know, that baptized feeling, you yeah. know? Just like anxiety had been released. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I took deep breaths while I was, you know, lying there. And it just felt wonderful. So now they have these things, the floating, what is it called, clinic? Mm -hmm. There's a floating clinic at uh, Laureate Institute for Brain Research in Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's not far from us. We should go do it. Yeah. But, you know, so I think, you know, it's... I can understand, I guess what I can say is water can be healing. People take baths at night, right? Mm-hmm. With their little rubber duckies and their little uh, bubbles. Water can heal. And water is therapeutic. Um, you know, so I just, I think that that's kind of a cool thing to mention. Um, and it says, while floating has always had fans in the wellness world, it has undeniably grown in popularity in 2011, there were 85 float centers in the U.S., according to Aaron Thompson, who runs an online directory of flotation centers, and now there are more than 250. 
Floating has also attracted the interest of a small group of scientists who are trying to figure out if it has a place as a kind of therapy for some source of distress, including PTSD. And we even have one here in St. Louis that yeah. we know of. It's like, yeah, 10 minutes from here. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, so it can be very, very helpful um, for just your overall health. Well, you and I have done water aerobics workouts before. We've walked in water. Yeah, there was one time when it wasn't so uh, anxious-free, but that's okay. We'll save that for another time. We'll save that for another time. But yeah, but it is... Well, think about it. Water alleviates the the weight on the joints. Right, right. So it really does help. Well, and it, it's in, interesting because when I teach water aerobics classes that you do get a workout. Mm-hmm. I think there was one day... Actually taught three water aerobics classes and had two clients with pools that day. I think you were one of them. I did mm-hmm. five water workouts that day. <laughs> that oh was awesome. Yeah, and I bet you were <laughs> sore I, at the end. Too, I felt a it. Bit. Yeah, yes, right. Yes. I mean, it is a workout. Yeah, and the water is resistance, but it does. It takes the pressure off the joints. Right. So it is fantastic. Right. Yeah. And I noticed the uh, the fatter. I mean, the heavier I am, the more I float. So I noticed that. When you and I got in the pool, I floated and you kind of sank a little bit because <laughs> you're more because you're all muscle, not but except for that one day. But you're all muscle and I felt a little more, let's how shall I say, buoyant in the pool. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Which we tried to Take down the buoyancy by yes. giving me some weights, but we'll talk about that later. Yes. <laughs> okay, so hope, hope, float, hopes, and moods lift, and that is very true. That very, is very, very true. true. Yeah, very yeah. True. So, yeah. So this chapter is very uplifting. <laughs> it is, and you know what? I have to say, the next thing we're about to talk about, I'm kind of excited to talk about this. I'm glad you are. No, I am because I think that. I think that it's not as, um, it's not as, and, and I don't mean this in a swear type of thing, but I don't think it's as damning as what people think it is. I think that these, that, that you know, there is healing power of psychedelic drugs. Mm-hmm. And it does bring you into a euphoric state where you can heal, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, it particularly... But Alexandra Cifferlin talks about this. Um, you say, you know, cancer is a brutal disease mm-hmm. for both the body and the mind. Yeah. You know, and there's treatments, chemotherapy, radiation, all that that mm-hmm. help the heal the the pathogens or, you know, what's going on mm-hmm. as far as the cancer. But what about the mind, Mo? Right. You know, how how do we help the mind? And so They've seen rates of depression increasing among those, and including people in remission, even yeah. when they've moved past the the physiological treatments, that they're still having thoughts of anxiety and depression. Well, right. I mean, you know, I, I have friends who have uh, dealt with cancer, and they're five years out, and they've made the they've made that cut. You know, mm-hmm. it hasn't returned. They're in remission or whatever. But it's still in their mind. Right. Because it could come back it at any come time. Back. Right. Or, or perhaps it won't. It might or might not. But you don't know that. Mm-hmm. And so that's always an underlying 
anxiety, anxious feeling. And, you know, people with cancer-related anxiety and depression, you know, they could, you know, they, it, it's, it's just a possibility of it could, you know, come back. And while they're waiting for that to come back or not come back, they're feeling all of that anxiousness and depression to go with it. Um, so there was a study done where there was a narcotic and a placebo yeah. group. Yeah. And so they found um, that the pill they had taken had some effect. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it said the, session, the sessions lasted from four to six hours in a room equipped with music, a couch, and sleep mask. And it said that 60 to 80% of the subjects reported reduction in their depression and anxiety symptoms that lasted six months after the treatment. Yeah. Phenomenal research. Isn't that amazing? I mean, the mind is a powerful thing, right, Jenny? Mm-hmm. It is. And and it also said that, um, you know, when these people, when they took not the placebo, but when they actually did take the psychedelic drug for cancer anxiety, this woman says that, you know, she said, I used to imagine what it would be like if the cancer recurred, but I don't think about it the same way anymore. When thoughts of a recurrence creep into my mind, I lack fear and simply think, let's just see what happens. Wow. What a change in perspective. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's really amazing. So I had a uh, friend, 44 years old, three fabulous children, the most amazing husband, and she was a nurse. She had pancreatic cancer. And she ended up passing away, uh, and it was in November that she passed away, right before Thanksgiving, I believe. And she was diagnosed earlier that year in August. And her brother's a priest, her sisters all gathered around her. She has a sister who lives next who lived next door to her and her family, which was a blessing in disguise. And I don't think her family would mind me saying her name, Carolyn. Um, but Carolyn was a phenomenal person. Wow. And um, just taken way too, way too soon. She was funny. She was um, caring. She was pragmatic. She was realistic. All of these things that you just want in a person, she embodied. And, you know, you get to a certain point where you need to take some of this pain away. And you're at the end of life, and what do you do? You know, what do you do? So, um, you know, she mentioned once to me, because she was very funny, and I'm, I was so naive. I was like, oh, okay. You know, she goes, yeah, my friend is bringing me some brownies. I'm like, brownies? Oh, that sounds good. <laughs> she goes, no, brownies. Oh, brownies. <laughs> Got it. Okay. And gummies and different things like that. But, you know, if you can alleviate some of the anxiety and some of the pain, 
for heaven's sakes, I don't see anything wrong in doing that. Mm-hmm. Alcohol is out there. People abuse it every day. Some people can handle it. Some people cannot handle it. Some people can handle marijuana. Other people can't handle marijuana. But if it's there to use for medicinal purposes to help someone, even to help them cross over into the next life, I don't find anything wrong with it. I just don't. You know, but but I can also but I also see the side where it could be abused. Right. 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 And it could be used as a crutch. Right. So that's where that balance is. Mm-hmm. That fine line. That fine line. Right? Right. And if you can be put in a hallucinogenic state to help yourself feel free of that pain, it really is a mind game. And these hallucinogenic drugs can help you with that. I don't know. That's right. just my two cents. Well, no, I mean, yeah, Mo, absolutely. And that's where the time researchers are coming into the picture here, talking mm-hmm. about helping people, particularly cancer patients, um, overcome some of their anxiety and depression. And to deal with the pain. And to deal with the pain. I mean, exactly. my, my aunt, my two aunts passed away with cancer. And they were just in so much pain. I I don't know. I just don't get it. You know, if you can help take away some of that pain, for heaven's sakes, do it. Right. You know, death is not pretty. No. So to help them cross over into something and to help them relax, Even, even if it's not death, even if it's just to help them relax. Yeah, during the treatment process. During the treatment process. Yeah. Because that anxiety and depression can really get to you, and it can get to your family members. Well, yeah, and 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 we're talking about research that's coming out of, you know, Johns Hopkins and mm-hmm. NYU and all that. I mean, some really, really, really stellar, well-known research right. institutions are right. are researching this and are finding positive results. Yeah, but even even you know we talk about cancer, but even things like um, you know Crohn's disease right? Mm -hmm. Or digestive diseases. These can also help because, you know, and I'm I'm talking specifically here about marijuana. What does marijuana do? It helps your appetite, right? So if you're a Crohn's patient and you're not eating, then, you know, to have this drug to help you eat, that becomes a medicinal effect, well, and you knew you know somebody who right who who went had, through that, yeah. and and they're they're fine now, and they're not addicted. You know, they're right. not you know whatever. It helped them through that part of their life. So this comes back to like like we're saying we are not experts on Mm-mm. these just topics. Life. But We've had life we experiences just, though, life experiences, and we know people who have had similar experiences along some of the lines of these articles here, mm-hmm. and we are going to be bringing in our experts in the next couple of shows to really hone in on on the details and you right. know some some recommendations for some of these ideas that we're we're putting forth here based on what the time researchers have uncovered. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. yeah. But I'm very, very, very fascinated and intrigued by all that we've learned so far, Mo. Yeah, I mean, really. You know what? This has also helped me because I have a fam. I have a family history of cancer, and if it ever came down to me taking something like this to help me through it, I think before this book or this magazine or whatever you want to call it, research data, I'd probably be like, ooh, I'm not doing that. That's, you know, that wouldn't be good. But after reading this and talking through it and talking with others, you know, I really think that it is an option. Right. It could be an option. And it's not because I want to go on some psychedelic trip or anything, mm -hmm. but it's because I know that would help my anxiety. I'm already an anxious person, for heaven's (laughs) sakes. Good Lord. I'm going to be a wreck. No. Mm -hmm. You're good, Mo. Well, and that kind of leads back into another article that they were, that Time was talking about in here by uh, Mandy Oaklander. And she writes a lot. Yeah, she does. She's very busy. Yes. Um, Very insightful. And talking about, and it's similar to kind of like the genetic testing we were talking about earlier, but trying to Mm -hmm. find the proper drugs or combination of drugs to alleviate like clinical depression, okay, yes. which affects about 7% of U.S. adults, about 17 million people, mm-hmm. and a growing number of children and teenagers even. Yes. And so, you know, the U.S. economy alone, $210 billion a year in wow. lost productivity, missed days of work care for the many physical and mental illnesses related to depression, like anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, mm-hmm. migraines, and sleep disorders. I mean, even physiological disorders yeah, right. are happening as well. Mm-hmm. And they're all connected. As you said earlier, there's a, there's this mind-body connection here. Mm-hmm. And so doctors are researching and scientists are researching to try to find what are some of these um, standard of care treatment options. I mean, what's out there? And we mm-hmm. talked about kind of the genetic side, but they've been trying some different drugs. Um, back there was a, a tuberculosis drug, you know, many, many, many moons and years ago that they thought, well, maybe this might help, and then it affected the liver or what have mm-hmm. you. So they're finding mm-hmm. side effects through all these. So one more recent um, research mm-hmm. study has shown that there is a drug called ketamine. Yeah, right. Okay, and it's kind of like a psychedelic drug, right? Sorry, what? is it a psychedelic? Or well, in that it was actually used medicinally for anesthesia. Okay, <laughs> lar- like pre-surgical anesthesia. Okay, in large doses. But there's some research going on where in smaller doses Mm -hmm. there is you know some hallucination if you will for i guess 45 minutes to an hour or whatever Mm -hmm. but it was helping reduce depression symptoms Mm. in patients yeah and so so after they kind of came out of the session that it had a longer positive effect and Mm -hmm. so there's still studies going on as far as ketamine infusions Mm -hmm. um offered Mm -hmm. in clinics still many unknowns Mm-hmm. But the researchers are saying that they still think it's the most exciting treatment to come about in mood disorders, probably within the last fifty years. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. So, 
you know, that uh, Santa Cora, mm-hmm. who worked on the APA statement, is talking about the effects of this. And so, you know, there's research going on in, in, mm-hmm. at Yale um, by Sankora and some other schools as well, trying to figure out if this drug that was used for anesthesia mm-hmm. or is still used for pre-surgical anesthesia in much, much, much smaller doses yeah. could be effective in treating depression. That's wild. Really? Who well, knows? you know, and that goes with what you... I want to circle around to what you brought up in the beginning here, the SSRIs, you know, the mm-hmm. the, uh, the serotonin and everything. Yeah. And, you know, it, because from what I remember you saying is that some people don't have serotonin receptors. Is that right. correct? Okay. Right. So the SSRIs, of course, are used to, um, you know, to help uh, with serotonin. So people who don't have... People, excuse me, people who do have serotonin receptors, the SSRIs do work Mm -hmm. and they can be life changing, but they don't work for everyone. And as we know, in one case, it's because they, the person does not have serotonin receptors. Of course, SSRIs are not going to help at all. Well, and that's where they're saying that the ketamine actually stimulates the opioid receptor in the brain. And ah, so okay. and that's similar to what um, Percocet and oxycodone and morphine um, right. do. And that so that is so that is such a it's a slippery it's slope. It's a slippery slope. Whoa, it's a touchy are. place to be and the researchers are being extremely careful. Well, they have to be testing. now. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. there's such an opioid, you know, addiction. Addiction yeah. in our country. Right. So yeah, yeah, they're they're aware of that. They said um, what happens when patients seek more frequent exposure to the agent, um, or when they discontinue the drug. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest question on their minds right now. Mm-hmm. So so mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see what the research. We'll kind of stay on top of this, figure it out, see where the research leads. I'm sure the researchers right. in time will keep us up to date on that, and we'll just watch the news. Yeah, watch watch the news, right? <laughs> But the thing that I really do like about this is that, you know, especially with the times that we are in right now of 2020, there, and I'm just going to bring this up for right now, um, there's been a large suicide rate. Mm-hmm. And um, this ketamine, they say encouragingly, ketamine has also shown promise to putting an end to suicidal thoughts, mm. which I think is important. So at this point in time, uh, George. Uh, Papa Costas is a doctor at uh, MGH, Massachusetts General Hospital, and he says at this point, any new treatment that makes it to the finish line is a huge win. Yeah. So we have the opioid, you know, uh, is it opioid receptors? No. It's the receptors. The receptors. And we have the SSRI, Mm -hmm. and which is like Prozac and different things like that. And then, um, and so, you know, these, these different drugs, they're trying they're really trying to help people with mental illness mm-hmm. to find and become mentally healthy. And it's possible. It's a chemical imbalance in the brain, and doctors are really fighting to try to find something that will help, which I think is wonderful. Yeah. So, yeah. But... Of course, everything costs money too, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's, so, there's to... investment in a lot of research right now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So anyway. Continuing on with yes. our Time Research Journal, there is a an article here that's pretty interesting um, from the labs. And 
just working on kind of some small sampling on how progress is being made from some laboratory studies on sunlight being valuable in treating depression. Mm-hmm. And I think don't every we time all feel it's better? sunny, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, some people really thrive on rainy days, but yeah, I mean, you know, I I feel better when the sun's out, right. And there's even like like sun lamps and that kind of thing. Right. Some people actually invest in those. Because and when I'm having a bad day, like a gray day today, I just come over and see you and look at your golden hair. Aww. Mm-hmm. And it makes you feel better. Yeah. <laughs> and I wonder what box is it? What L'Oreal? Maybe. What L'Oreal box did you use for that? <laughs> so we're moving on <laughs> to a small sample study, Mo. About you could just buy sun and Walgreens, you guys. It's in a box. Yes. About omega-3 supplements that are good for the brain. Yes. And there has been research that has shown a correlation um, linked with high blood levels of omega-3s with an improved cognitive function. So we should go have some salmon after this. I think so. And (laughs) yes, we should. No, but here's, here's the deal with that. You know, you could take omega three vitamins, and they talk about vitamins a lot. Mm-hmm. But if you if you're getting them through food, then that's the best way to go, right? You know, so I I for t- about ten years I dated a doctor, and I would always take vitamins, and he's like, "Why are you taking vitamins?" I said, "Because everybody takes vitamins. I need vitamins, but why?" You, you eat, you're okay, you don't have anything wrong with you, you're fine, you don't need to take vitamins. Well, now that I've had the bariatric surgery, of course, I have to take some vitamins, right? Uh, because it, it dealt with my metabolic insides, structure. rate structure, all right. of that. But before that, you know, I didn't have to take vitamins. He said, like, yeah, you don't need to take vitamins, so, you know, cause, and then I bought him a thing of vitamins and he, <laughs> yeah, it's sitting on the sink now. <laughs> Oh, by the way, that guy that I dated for 10 years, we ended up getting married. Yeah. But, but yeah, so I bought him, you know, I don't know, something for men. And he's like, I put it in a stocking. He's like, oh, great, vitamins. I said, well, yeah, Santa thought you might need those. That was last Christmas. Yeah. I don't think they're, they haven't been opened. Yeah. Well, but that's a very valid and interesting point you make about yeah. the the vitamin and mineral content within the foods that we consume you know we've always said you are what you eat right so and you know and just you know exercise and hang out with happy people and just be you know try to try to make your life as full as it can be you know of healthy, of healthy, uplifting. Healthy, happy. uplifting. And not everything is, oh, hey, we're so happy. Everything is go, go, go. Okay, everyone, turn that frown upside down. We're not all like that all the time. We no, know that. Not. We know that. No. And if you are, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> oh, wait, is that a judgment? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, I, I don't know. I per- Too perky all the time raises a flag for me. I'm not saying you're perky all the time. You're not. I'm not. No. I mean, when you're training people and stuff, you kind of have to be perky. Yeah, you do. But, 
you know, now that I'm your friend and everything, you're not perky all the time. <laughs> Thank God. Because that would drive me crazy. No, but we've had this talk before. Yeah, we have. Like, yeah. after just a couple of days ago, yeah. the uh, friend of mine mm-hmm. mentioned that I didn't seem as perky that day or whatever. And mm-hmm. really, there was no reason behind it so much. Just, you know, I was just out raking leaves and wasn't as perky raking leaves that I usually am, apparently. Well, you know, <laughs> and also, I think when you... When you go through things and you go through life changes and things like that, you be you. And I know this is going to sound corny, but you come closer to your true self. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, uh, Monica, did you read her Facebook page today? By not the way? today, yeah, not yet. Okay, it was really good. She wrote a uh, Monica Orban, mm-hmm. right? Is it? Is that what it is on Facebook, or is her yeah. maiden name in there, too? Yeah, Monica Orban. Monica Lamb Orban. Yeah, okay. So you guys should check. And she was a guest on She was show. a guest. I know, I know. But I wasn't sure if she used her middle name for, yeah. you know, on Facebook well, or not. I know you know. I was letting the listeners Oh, know. God. <laughs> anyway, we were looking at me like, you should know that, Maureen. Um, so anyway, but it was really cool because she put a picture of herself uh, when her... Uh, her wedding day in her gown and she put a picture of herself now and she put the dates under it and then the dash in between like 19 whatever to 2000 whatever Mm -hmm. and she said and she pointed out that change was where the dash is i love isn't that that cool isn't that cool so and she listed all the things that have changed and you know like don't be afraid of it don't be afraid of the dash because there's a lot that happened in that dash. It was really cool. I, I really, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. reading that today. I need, I need to read. And that. it was her latest blog. Yeah, it was her latest blog. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm gonna check that out. We should all check that out. Yeah, we should all check that yeah. out. Yeah, it was really cool. So, um, but anyway, yeah, yeah, I need that right now. Yeah, I think we all do. It was really uplifting. I'm glad she wrote that. So, yeah. Well, this has been a great talk. It has been excellent. I really enjoyed this today. I did too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It was really good. It was really good. And it's funny because we're sitting in a bedroom. (laughs) Well, we had to tell them. Well, yeah. We're across the bedroom. It's a huge bedroom, but we're sitting across a bedroom and we've got two tables set up and crunched over because you're like six feet tall. Yes. And then I'm very comfortable. Leaning over the microphone right here. So I come across... Is strong <laughs> as Jenny Frings. So I'm not in the background. Right? <laughs> Nobody puts baby in the corner. All right. Check out our website at bmi-redefined.com. And we'd love to hear your comments, your questions, insights, whatever you want to share. And we look forward to next time where we'll be talking more about mental health and a new understanding with a guest we're excited to have her on Mm -hmm. very excited she's amazing Mm -hmm. i went to school with her at michigan state and uh i've introduced her to you and you've had a couple of talks with her so she's she's really yeah she's really amazing she is and absolutely uh, incredible i think she's ready to be on our show i think we've 
given her a dose of each of us. Yeah. <laughs> And her anxiety level is at its height. So we're giving her a couple days to settle down. Yeah. And then she'll be ready to join us. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. She's going to help us a lot. A lot. We know that she's going to be insightful, encouraging, and educational to everyone that that listens to her. Exactly. And talking about a piece of sun. She's a piece of sun. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 And she's been through a lot, too. Yeah. Okay. Well... Thank you guys for joining us on BMI Redefined with Jen and Mo. All right. Uh, We can't wait to see you guys next time. All right. Make sure to tune in. Take care. Bye. Bye.